0: the breakdown. And here we go. Davis goes left. Davis
1: gets a block. Chris Davis. Touchdown
0: Auburn. and answered prayer. Caught. Michigan. Touchdown. I can't believe this. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown.
1: Ladies and gentlemen of the Campus to Campus podcast, I am your host, Kevin Brown. You can find me on Twitter, at KHookum. We are brought to you by TheBreakdownSports.com, and before we get into our Week 9 recap, let me bring in my two co-hosts real quick. Jesse, what's going on, man?
0: I'm not having fun with college football anymore. (laughs)
1: I'm, I'm, I'm really upset myself that I left my computer somewhere last night, so we couldn't record this last night, so everybody else gets... More opportunities to listen to Jesse's rant here in a little bit, but
2: before that, JD, what's going on, man? So I haven't uh, slept since Election Day started. Um, I got about <laughs> well, I, I got about an hour last night, so I'm gonna try to stay sane and stay awake right now. Oh man,
1: I'm I'm glad that I do not uh I do not put too much stock into that kind of stuff because it would have sucked me in last night. Because even as little as I follow politics, I was still stuck watching. And finally, I just said to hell with it. I'm going to bed. I'm not watching none of this no more.
0: It felt like a football
2: game to me. Yeah, was yeah, really, yeah. so
0: back and forth.
2: It was the live lines. I was watching the live lines all night. Yeah. <laughs> 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 That's what we were
1: all talking about in our group chats: is the line move from move, moving from Trump being plus one eighty five to minus seven seventy five, now back to plus four hundred or whatever it is now. It was uh, it was entertaining watching people lose their friggin' minds on Twitter, which which. I had said to, to you guys separately that I couldn't wait to watch either side of the uh, of the fence just totally explode as the week as the weekend goes on, kind of thing. But all right, that's that's enough about the election and all, the, all that jazz. So we're going to get into our week nine recap. Uh, we're going to start it out with the number one team in the country, with Clemson, uh, down twenty eight to thirteen at halftime. They come back, end up winning the game thirty four to twenty eight without Trevor Trevor Lawrence, which. Of course everybody should know by now he's with he's in the uh the COVID 19 protocols he is not going to be ready for for this this upcoming weekend against notre dame uh, so to supplement Tre- trevor lawrence not being there travis etienne goes absolutely bonkers uh ends up with rough uh 60 or i think 80 rushing yards and he added on 140 receiving yards uh, DJU, i I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name because I will absolutely butcher it, and then Jesse will make fun of me for the foreseeable future. The uh, backup quarterback, big time true freshman, great big kid, 6'5, two, 250 pounds, I and mean, he's a hoss. Uh, has a solid first outing uh, 342 passing yards, two touchdowns, one on the ground. Um, so, guys, before we move on to the next game, what, what's your thoughts on the, which I'm sure we'll get to the Notre Dame game later, but what's your thoughts on how DJ played in his first game? against the Boston College team that's, that's honestly been kind of surprising this year and able to score points in, in, in a hurry and, uh, and hang with teams that typically they would get beat by.
0: I mean, it, he did have, and the whole team pretty much had a slow start to start the game, which is expected. You lost the best quarter college quarterback since Andrew Luck maybe. And on the second half game, he picked right back up. The, this kid's going to be a star within the next two or three years, so there's no reason to worry
2: whatsoever.
1: Yeah, I agree. J.D., what's your thoughts on it?
2: Yeah, I thought he looked all right. Um, he's clearly super talented, big kid, huge arm. Um, but I don't know whether or not he's ready to, uh, you know, I guess he's not going to have to play that many games. But, you know, as far as, like, what's his processing speed and how he's reading the field, uh, I don't know. He looks he looks kind of out of it for most of the game. Then you look at his stat line, and uh, it was pretty darn good. So. I think they're doing all right.
1: All right, so the other question from this game for, for me is where I, where I get hung up at. Clemson has had some pretty uh, subpar performances on defenses so far this year. Where do you guys look at them in the in the, the big scheme of things up against the guys like the Alabamas and the Ohio States and the other big-time contenders out there? We, we all know their offense is going to do the thing, right? But they've been exposed on defense a couple times this year and, and really given up quite a bit of points to where they, they don't typically do that. So giving up twenty eight points to a Boston College team is 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 uh is pretty bad, you know, for from a from a Clemson standpoint. Where do you guys think their defence is at and, and what do you think they're gonna
0: be doing the rest of the season? I mean, it's definitely not gonna be anywhere close to where it was last year because they lost Isaiah Simmons among other players, so that's it's very hard to rebound from that within a year. But college football nowadays isn't isn't defense. It's can yeah. I outscore you?
2: I don't yeah. care if I allow 60,
1: I will score 70. <clears throat> I guess that's a fair point. J.D., you got any thoughts on their defense?
2: Yeah, I think they're pretty clearly um, not quite as good as they were the last couple of years. Um, I think they've taken a step back, uh, so I expect they'll get better, especially under Venables. I kind of trust him to get it together, and they've had a lot of injuries. But uh, yeah, it's, it's I'd say it's a little bit concerning because usually they're you know automatic top five defense, and they don't they look like they may not quite be there this year.
1: Maybe not, and, and but, but at the end of the day, it's it's we're we're at the midway point of the season, kind of stuff. So they got plenty of time to be able to turn around and really and really hit a hit a stride with that kind of stuff. But it's something that I'm definitely going to be keeping a close eye on because. When it comes to playing teams like Alabama, playing teams like Ohio State that can score on you on every single drive, you have to be perfect on offense to be able to keep up with that kind of stuff. And if your defense is, is, isn't going to be able to create some turnovers and some stops against a really good offense in the Alabamas and the Ohio States, uh, it, could, it, could spell, it could spell for a long playoff run or a very short playoff run for, uh, for Clemson this year. Next up, we got a. Are we are we done with the air raid in the SEC? All right. So Mississippi State gets absolutely spanked by Bama, uh, 41 to nothing. Um, You know they had the big blow up week one, and everybody you know lost their mind, me included. Uh, I'll I'll, I'll throw my name in that hat. I was extremely impressed with the way they played, but since then they have gotten their asses whipped by everybody that they've played. So so Jesse, tell me tell me where you're at with the with the Mike Leach. uh, offense the the air raid the the, the coaching guru the quarterback whisper where are you at with with uh, Mississippi State right now
0: I mean there's nothing really to say they're terrible I mean I guess if you want to be optimistic it's year one and with the new scheme the players that probably don't fit that scheme and no offseason to prepare whatsoever so maybe next season they'll be somewhat better but I I don't know. They're gonna keep Mike Leach around for years just because of the memes, and that's it. And I support <laughs> it, but that I, it, it's not going to work out. I don't think.
1: Yeah, and and I, I had my concerns coming into the season. I know me and JD talked on a couple of sportscaster live streams, and I know Jesse and, and and the the two of us or the three of us in here have talked on on the show a couple times. That you know it was it was concerning. Well, it was it was surprising how great they did week one because my biggest concern was the fact that. They've been a, you know, a quarterback run, power run, kind of read option kind of team for, for years. And you just can't make that switch with all that personnel and just expect to be able to just chuck it for 600 yards and six touchdowns every single game like they did in week one. So, J.D., where are you at with Mississippi State?
2: Yeah, I think uh, if he's given the time in a couple of years, I have no doubt that it would work out um, with that air raid scheme with SEC athletes. I think, like, without a doubt it would work out. but. I'm not quite sure he's going to make it a couple of years. Um, it's just kind of getting kind of ugly right now. So
1: that was That's exactly what I was about to say there. In today's landscape of, of college football, you basically get three. If you're not really showing some major progress in three years, you are definitely out. And a lot of coaches don't even get three anymore. You know, so <clears throat> I don't think they're going to be letting Mike Leach go in and out. That is, like, way, way down, you know, far-fetched, way out in left field kind of a conversation to have, but – you know, maybe at the end of the season, we can look at that a little bit closer. <clears throat> Next up, we got Ohio State. Uh, they win and cover versus Penn State, uh, 38-25. Was looking a little shaky there toward the end on the cover. You know, they, they didn't feel like they were – I never felt like they were really threatened at all during the game. But uh, but the cover was uh, was definitely, definitely uh, you know, under under pressure there toward the end. Field is straight up balling this year. Uh, 318 and four touchdowns. And Garrett Wilson is looking like an absolute surefire first round wide receiver when he comes out and goes to NFL. Uh, 11 catches, uh, 10 or 11 catches for 120 or so yards this past week. Just every single time that there was a play that needed to be made, Fields was looking his way. Uh, Chris Olave had the two big touchdown catches, but. But Wilson is definitely looking like their uh their go-to receiver on this team uh what uh, so Jesse before uh we turn it over to you and, and your rant uh what's your thoughts on the what uh, how Ohio State played and what they looked like this week
0: I mean their offense looked lights out basically but aside from the running game which still hasn't really taken off yet but it's still pretty early in the season so they can work on that but it's Justin fields is Justin fields I to this day wish that uh, he never had a transfer from Georgia because (laughs) the football gods want to make my life a living hell but it's well they don't need Ohio State to do that they got Michigan State for that Yeah, yeah, but but, I mean their offense was great their defense still looks shaky to me I don't understand why uh, you see Garrett Wilson make all those catches late in the game and you don't switch Sean Wade onto him because I think he was on the opposite side of the field the whole game. I, You just got to make those nice adjustments to stop I don't know. Honestly, one more drive and Penn State probably ties it up. That's how I was looking for me in that game. So it's, they're still going to win the Big Ten. They're still going to make the playoffs. They're still going to have a close game in the playoffs. And then, yeah, it, we're getting back to normal.
2: Yeah.
1: I, I agree. J.D., what's your thoughts with the Ohio State game this weekend?
2: Yeah, I don't know how much I learned from this game. Um, I think we all <clears throat> talked last week, and we expected Ohio State to win somewhat easily, and they pretty much did here. Um, I, I think it's the thing to keep an eye, an eye on for them is uh, whether or not Fields is really taking a step forward because he looks fantastic, um, even better than last year. And, uh, you know, they were pretty close last year. They almost won that Clemson game. Uh, and if, you know, if what it takes is Field, you know, get, getting – another year of improvement, then uh, I think that's that's really big for them.
1: Absolutely. So, Jesse, on to your three games, my man. Start us start us off, my man. Start
0: us off. Yeah, of course. My first one's Michigan, Michigan State. Um, no, first off, this is easily Harbaugh's worst loss ever at Michigan. I'm putting it out there. He, he's, from what I've seen among people in the Wolverine community, he is definitely on the hot seat. <laughs> Like, it, people want him gone now. That's how bad it's gotten.
1: Yeah, but, and this 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 was a this was a tough loss. And, and you saying that as a diehard fan that it's one of his toughest losses or his it, worst losses it, is, uh, is saying something.
0: I mean, they just got off of getting destroyed by Rutgers, seven turnovers and like five or six sacks. To you just you just came off a road win versus a ranked team and another rivalry game. Twenty-four point favorites, and you can't even score twenty points. That, that it's it was unacceptable. I mean, it their Michigan's defense just got lit up in the passing game, and it was terrible. I. on a, it, it's a bounce back week. Get the me
1: Me being a Texas fan, I can hear the pain in your voice. I can hear it. I can feel it. <laughs> I feel you, brother. I feel you. I can hear that. I can. I know exactly what you're going through here. That is an unacceptable loss. That was just as that loss right there is just as shitty as Texas losing the TCU every motherfucking year. It just it's 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 crazy. So it's funny, man. I'm, I'm over here laughing, but I'm also <laughs> empathetic to you. I feel what you're going through.
0: The worst. I, I think this is one of the worst football weekends I've had in my lifetime. Because not only did Michigan lose to little brother, my Ravens lost to Pittsburgh. and
1: Ravens lost to Big Brother. A I great... Understand.
0: No. They're <laughs> like <laughs> twins right now. It's, that's the best rivalry in football. It is. And then you come from that and you see Marlon Humphrey test positive for COVID and now eight other starting defenses <laughs> out. And I lost every single fantasy matchup I'm in. So that, that was my football weekend. Tough week, tough uh, week. Yeah. <laughs> um, on a brighter note, uh, Minnesota loses again, and, and it's Talia. Italia. How do we say Tula's little brother? name? Shit, don't ask me, man. Baby I've Tua. That's what I'm calling. Tua, I'm, I'm calling him Baby Tula. Um, he shined. That was fun. Uh, Maryland allowed 31 unanswered points and somehow won the game in overtime. Not sure how that happens, but it that was did. amazing.
1: That was it, amazing, by the way. I, I was that was so fun to watch. You know, you're watching you're watching Mohammed Ibrahim just just run all over Maryland, and then here here comes here comes Baby Tua just coming back and <laughs> and just just feasting on these guys. Six total touchdowns. I mean, come on.
0: And I mean, I know Minnesota's without their two best uh, offensive linemen, but are we? Was I right that the boat sank a couple weeks ago, or is are yeah, they gonna bounce you're, back?
1: You're looking right right now for sure. We'll see. We'll see how the rest of the season goes. You know, I'm not ready to write them off just yet. But that's that's a tough 0-2 start to an already shortened season. Whenever you, whenever you, you're likely, you know, being talked about in the the Big Ten championship, comp, uh, you know, conversation. Not necessarily winning it, but competing for one, and starting out 0-2 in in conference play. It's uh, it's tough.
0: Yeah, then my last one, Georgia and Kentucky. I thought I, I figured it'd be a close game. I didn't realize how terrible of a game it would be. Um, nobody, even those people that love defensive football, don't want to see a fourteen to three game. Um, my big uh, take from this is uh, Stetson Bennett will isn't going to lead Georgia to a playoff berth. He's just simply not good enough. It's I that game proved to me that there's only going to be one team from the SEC making the playoffs this year.
1: So, so question: Have any either one of you guys heard anything about uh, JT Daniels and when he's going to be cleared for uh, for for contact?
0: I believe it was supposed to be this past week.
1: I think he's been cleared. Okay, has he, has he been cleared? I never I never got any confirmation on that. I, I went to look the other day and never and didn't see anything and then forgot about it. If he's already been cleared and they're still rolling out, you know, Stetson Bennett, and the offense is still struggling. That is classic Kirby smart. Let's not put somebody out there that can possibly move the ball down the field, that you spent all this money bringing in an offensive coordinator and you're going to change the offense and you're going to, you're going to be more vertical and blah, 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 and you're still the same old run the ball, and play good defense kind of team because that's what Kirby knows. That was my biggest concern coming into the season. I know in all the fantasy circles, everybody was loving Georgia coming into the season with Pickens and Jamie Newman and all these different guys. And, and I know Jamie Newman opted out, but you've got you're, – you're, you're fucking Georgia. You're recruiting in the top five every single year. There is zero excuse for you to, to, be a, to not be able to score more than 14 points against a Kentucky team. That you should have beat the brakes off of you know you're a top five team in the country you're for sure not playing like it so uh so yeah that's that's my little georgia rant it's, it's just the same old same old out of georgia just like it's always going to be the same old same old out of michigan uh, especially whenever it gets gets down into crunch time and whenever they're in a, in a team uh, in a game that's close they're going to revert back to that run the ball and punt it and play good defense
0: so uh reading i found a little thing on rivals about this stuff they were asking kirby smart about this and kirby smart said the only physical limitations that he has right now is coming off of the knee and but he's out of a brace he's leading drives as the scout team quarterback and everything is good they just don't think he can win games for them right now
2: okay well, all right well if they I think, think that bennett's think the bennett's best guy then straight <laughs> Bennett's demonstrated he's not going to win a big game for him, so I don't know what else they have yeah, to I mean, see from Daniels in practice. Yeah, that's that's
1: that's what I'm saying. You know, I mean, Bennett's played you know okay, but whenever whenever it comes to playing in Alabama or possibly playing in Florida this week, <clears throat> how are you gonna how are you gonna hold up to that pressure? Because so far, when it when it gets into to crunch time, they they can't lean on him. You know, and in, in, in today's college football landscape, if you can't lean on a quarterback, then you're, you're fucked as a team. You can't you can't win big games. You know, that's just – I mean, same in the NFL. If you, if you don't have a quarterback that you can lean on, you're hard-pressed to win games. So, I just – I don't get why <clears throat> you're just kind of stuck on this Stetson Bennett the fourth thing, you know. And maybe who, – who knows? Maybe maybe he does give him the best chance at winning. But if that's the case – if you know the the number one overall rated quarterback in the country the year he come out of high school doesn't give you a better chance to win games than Stetson Bennett, then then Kirby Smart is failing at Georgia, regardless of what his record ends up being. He's just he's just Mark Richt, you know. I mean, so
0: this is a guy that decided to stick with Jake Fromm instead of uh, yeah, yeah Justin it, Fields. Exactly, so, yeah. it, it's
1: one of those like you know old dog new and Jacob goes. Eason. Yeah, it's just the same old shit a different year, no matter who the offensive coordinator is, no matter what big-time transfer they bring in. It's just going to – they're going to play Kirby smart football, and that they're going to be disappointing. All right, that's that, that's all on the georgia Kentucky game. J.D., what do you got for your recap?
2: Yeah, I, uh, I took North Carolina losing to Virginia. I uh, just wanted to mention uh, North Carolina lost another game, in case you missed it, with everything going on. Um, yeah, I'm out. I'm out. It was a
0: fun game, though, by the way. It was really fun to watch. You
1: know, it, it's Shark Tank. I'm out. I'm out on North Carolina. I was, I'm was. i tired of I've lost money on them. This is the last time this year. I'm not fucking around with them no more.
2: Yeah. Friends don't let friends, but
1: North Carolina. That's right. You, you, guys, you guys you tar and
2: feather me if you see me doing it again. Um. Yeah, no, I enjoyed that one, too, Jesse, though. I actually caught it on replay. Um. Virginia's offense was kind of getting me going, man. They were running the ball. Armstrong it just runs like, you know, he's not afraid to get his head knocked off when he goes into yeah. tackles. And they got taking some wide receivers business, too, man.
1: Taking care of business,
2: Yeah. Um, other game I had, uh, Cincinnati rolled over Memphis 49-10. to So I want to shout out uh, some of the little guys here. Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, so they're still undefeated, and they're just, uh, you know, beating the brakes off people. Pretty impressive. Uh, you know, Memphis was the uh, – they made it to the New Year's Six Bowl last year. And, uh, you know, while they're not quite as good this year, I think beating the brakes off on 49-10 uh, makes a pretty good statement for Cincinnati. It's
1: pretty, it's, it's pretty impressive. That's a hell of a win for Cincinnati for sure. Before, before you move on, Cincinnati or BYU, if you had to choose one to be the fourth in the playoff? Uh, I'd have to, to go Cincinnati to, right now. you got to choose one. So, J.D., what you get Like right now, based on resume? Right now, based on resume. I'd go Cincinnati. I, I would as well, and it and that's tough because I'm I've I've, I've become a little bit of a BYU fanboy uh, <laughs> over this season, uh, but but Cincinnati has looked really good. They are really handling business and they are taking it two teams. They're not leaving any question at all on whether or not they they deserve a shot. If if you know we talked about this the other day, you know <clears throat> you got a two loss team floating around out there. You got an undefeated SEC champ an undefeated uh, ACC champ, and then you know, of course, Ohio State, and you're you're left with you know Big 12 sucking ass, a couple two lost teams in the SEC possibly, and then uh, you know maybe Notre Dame out of the S out of the ACC. There won't there won't be a second team coming out of uh, out of the uh, the Big Ten. So, you know, you're looking at you know Notre Dame, possibly a Georgia or a. a Florida, something along those lines, and then Cincinnati or BYU if they run the table. It's going to make for an interesting conversation toward the end of the year. I don't think that they'll make it, but if there was a year that a group of five team was going to make it, it's
2: going to be this year. Yeah. They're uh, they're making their case as well as they can make it, so props to them. Um, Also wanted to give them props because why the heck not? Coastal Carolina beat Georgia State. 51-0, to zero. Um, <laughs> Coastal is still undefeated. They actually have some tough games coming up, so I doubt they'll finish undefeated. But uh, that game was like, it opened like minus 2.5 to Coastal, and they won 51-0, so they just keep getting disrespected and they just keep beating people up. So props to them.
0: Put them in the playoffs if so they get undefeated.
1: Oh, let's do it. Well, yeah, let's do it. Put them all in there. Screw it. Hell with it. Just make it a big round of 64. Let's everybody play.
0: I'm down. All right, yeah, so yeah. next up. I mean, I, I can claim a playoff berth. That would be great. <laughs>
2: wherever Michigan is, make that the cutoff line. That's the cutoff. One, one, one above. One above. You're not
1: allowed to play.
0: <laughs> All right, can, so you. that's every Division I school.
1: <laughs> every Division One school besides besides Michigan. Next up, we got our Week 9 Heisman Awards. You know, player of the week uh, situation. Me, it was a no-brainer for me, especially since I get to troll Jesse because I love to do that. No, the uh, worst
0: part is I was going to pick this guy.
1: See, I, I, I <laughs> you, you knew I was going to pick it. It's Ricky White from from Michigan State, uh, freshman coming in, eight catches at Buck 96 and one on the road versus the biggest rival, one of the biggest rivalries in in, in college football. Uh, he come to play, uh, and who knows, he may just suck it up the rest of the year because Michigan State's Michigan State kind of sucks. You know, at the end of the day, they're not very good. So he may be a bust the rest of the season, but he had his best best game. He could have had his best game of the season when it mattered the most against a big time rival. So Ricky White, shout out to you, my man.
0: Yeah, uh, just to add on to you. That's the most receiving yards ever by a freshman in the by from Michigan State in that game, and the second most all time. So only second
1: to who? Plaxico Blacks, Burris, I'm guessing. I'm guessing right. I believe so. Yeah, I bet it's Plaxico.
0: I think he had like two sixteen or something, but uh, my week Heisman, or my week nine Heisman is a uh, baby Tua. Just it's his first uh, college win.
1: <laughs> I just I just love how we're shitting on his
0: name and calling him baby Tua. <laughs> I mean, it is, your your older brother is starting quarterback for the Dolphins. You're gonna take that name and you're gonna like it. But uh, yeah, seventy four uh, percent completion percentage. Just under 400 yards, three passing touchdowns, 64 rushing yards, and two touchdowns on the ground. He basically willed that team to victory. Yeah. uh, I don't know. Maybe him and Mike Loxley's offense might start some drama for the little teams in the Big Ten finally.
1: Yeah, might might make a little noise in there. Probably not, but you never know. You never know. You had Minnesota come out of nowhere last year. Yeah, and that boat sank. All right, J.D., who you got, man?
2: Um, yeah, I'm not quite out of – you guys kind of went out of the box this week. I went uh, pretty square. Yeah, you, went, you went pretty chalky. <laughs> it's pretty chalky in here right hey, now. <laughs> I'm over here always talking about Coastal Carolina and Arkansas State, so i got to talk about you, the big ones. In all
1: honesty, had Michigan State not played Michigan and I didn't get an opportunity to troll Jesse here, I would have probably went with Fields and not given you the chance, but I can't pass those kind of opportunities up. So I had to go with Ricky White.
0: Yeah. You know, if Oklahoma State won, I was going to pick one of those players 100%, 100%. too. Hundred percent,
1: hundred percent. I almost put, I almost put Tyler Wallace up there just because I love him so much. He's he's great. But yeah, so they didn't. So speaking <laughs> speaking of, shout out to Texas. Huh? Suck it, Oklahoma State. You fucking losers. <laughs> All right, Justin Fields. Anyway, that's Justin Fields for I'm you. Sorry. Just
2: that's our kids. Justin go Fields ahead. analysis. <laughs> 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 That'll conclude our
1: thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. All right, well, it's Justin Fields. That's J.D.'s guy. That's J.D.'s Heisman. He kicked ass. He's looking like a Heisman Trophy finalist uh, without, without question. So, Next up, we got our Week 10 preview. We're going to go uh, a couple games we're looking forward to seeing. We're going to go three apiece, again, like we do every week. Uh, first game up for me is BYU. They're, they're favored by three points on the road versus Boise State. This will be BYU's big test for the year. They should, if they win this game, then I don't see any reason why they're not going to run the table the remainder, the remainder of the year, with a couple open spots to where they can possibly slide a couple more games in. Uh, I don't know if you guys watched the BYU game last week, but uh, they were talking about that on air. You know, if they if they're going to need, you know, a little extra Heisman push for 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 Zach Wilson or a little extra uh, playoff uh, resume booster they may be able to add a couple games to the end of their schedule because they have open dates. So uh, BYU versus Boise State, uh, again, like I said, I'm I'm rolling with BYU again. They have looked absolutely dominant all year long. I don't see any reason why they're they're not. Boise State did look good against uh, Air Force this past weekend. They won 49-14, something along those lines. It may have been 42-14. So this will be their toughest test of the year, but I still think BYU gets it done. Next up. I got uh, Florida and Georgia. Georgia's favored about three and a half right now. Big-time rivalry game. Kind of going back to what we were talking about, Georgia's defense is good enough to win this game, no doubt about it. Florida's offense is good enough to score on Georgia's defense. Now, Florida's defense is nowhere near as good as it has been in the past, and Georgia's offense is pretty bad. So, this is kind of a match made in heaven kind of game here. How do you guys see this game going? Because I'm, I'm leaning more toward Florida and being able to score – 24 points and being able to get the win here. Where are you at, Jesse? Um,
0: honestly, I mean, it's good to be. I'm going to talk about more in my gambling picks, but it's. I honestly like Florida in this game a lot, and that's I coming from a
2: guy who hates Florida altogether.
1: I'm with you, man. I'm with you. All right. We'll, we won't
0: let you spend too much
1: time there. J, uh, jd do you got any thoughts on it before I move on?
2: I just wanted to emphasize that, like, normally I would smash Georgia in this spot. I think they're the better team pretty much everywhere. But, I mean, there's that huge issue of quarterback we talked about, so I don't really think I'm interested in gambling on Georgia until they, uh, you know, join the 21st century.
1: And, you know, fucking throw the ball that more than six yards down the field. Forward pass, uh, ne- gentlemen. Yeah, forward, forward, passes. forward pass Forward <laughs> <laughs> Next up we got Clemson on the, on the road, uh, a favorite, a road favorite, minus five and a half versus Notre Dame. Again, playing with their backup quarterback, DJU. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I still think Clemson wins this game. I don't know if they cover. I, s- I still think Clemson will be able to win this game. I know. I know. Uh, JD, you may have some different thoughts on it, so I'll definitely let you chime in here in a minute. Um, I think. I think Clemson's defense will come come more prepared this week, uh, and I'm not. I'm not really afraid to in book or any anything that they really have on offense at, over in in Notre Dame. So. You know, we'll see how it goes, but I, I do feel pretty comfortable with Clemson in this game. So, uh, so J.D., since you're the, 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 the local Notre-Damer in here, uh, what's your thoughts on the game this weekend?
2: All right, so I'm trying really hard to uh, look at this one with a neutral eye. and it's tough. <laughs> n- normally, I'm pretty, you know, realistic, and if I saw minus 5.5 for Clemson against Notre Dame, and we, we just haven't proven we've been able to beat a clemson or in alabama um you know we, we we would get our teeth kicked in normally so that's where i initially lean however i think this is a good spot for us so i don't know whether i'm just talking it in like i don't know if i do this every year i'm trying to like i need to keep a journal of how i feel the week of these big games so I, You're so i know going into well existence like, aren't you <laughs> yeah i but i don't know i feel a lot more confident than I would be if Trevor Lawrence was playing. I'll say that. I mean, DJ, you looked great, but I mean, he's, he's still what a freshman, redshirt freshman, I think. And I mean, he's, he's still showing. I mean, he could make some mistakes. and Dame's got a pretty mean defense. Sure. Um It's on but, the
1: road, big time, atmosphere, big time game. I mean, freshmen make mistakes in these situations.
2: They do, and usually, I am mean, usually kind of where we get killed. Like Clemson just has the crazy athletes on the outside. I think last time we played them, they just dominated us. They just made us look so slow. And, I mean, their wide receivers, you know, they're they're still great. I'm sure they still got a bunch of five stars, but they're nowhere even close to what they would be with uh, Justin Ross and T. Higgins and company. So I actually think Notre Dame could possibly keep this close. But Notre Dame does not have the firepower. We do not have the wide receiving options that you need. To stress Clemson like I even think Boston College might have some better athletes at wide receiver than us it hurts me to say so I think we'll keep it close um, hopefully but uh, yeah I, I I can't be too confident right now
1: Jesse where do you think this spread is at if Trevor Lawrence is playing it's at five and a half now do you think it's where do you think it's at because I got I got a number in my head where I think it'll be at
0: if Trevor Lawrence was playing I would say 13 and a half.
1: I was going to go 12 and a half. So, yeah, we're right, we're, right, we're right in the same area. Yeah, I think it would add another seven points to the spread for sure. All right, so, J- Jesse, what you got, man, your three games?
0: Uh, well, before my three games, I just don't want to cross some breaking news. I don't know if you guys have seen it, or breaking news as of, like, 45 minutes ago. But the entire uh, Fox Sports College pregame show is not going to have – is not going to show up this week because uh COVID. Oh, so, Urban Meyer, Matt Leinart, Reggie Bush, Brady Quinn, and Rob Stone are all out this weekend.
1: Well, Urban Meyer needs to get his ass on into Austin and uh, <laughs> stop worrying about being a damn TV announcer, but that's neither here nor there. That's a different show altogether.
0: <laughs> I-, I knew you were going to say that. But, uh, anyway, my three games, or bets.
2: No, nope, games. Games, yeah, games, right. Yeah, right.
0: I'm, I'm, my, the show sheet just, like, went wild on me. Um,
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what it was. It was. It it was scrolled down. That's what I Anyway, anyway, um,
0: Michigan-Indiana is my heart going to break even more because Michigan blows a 25-game winning streak against Indiana. Or is everything right in the world and Joe Milton is back on the Heisman train? Can't wait to find out. Um,
1: Can't wait for next week's show when you're so sad again.
0: I might not even show up, to be honest with you, if that happens.
1: (laughs) You're going to, quote-unquote, fall asleep again before the show starts
0: (laughs) I mean, Michigan's won twenty-four straight against Indiana. If they lose this week, I, I might off myself. To be all, honest, with all you. streaks come to an end, brother. All streaks come well, to an end. Believe into that. Um, next, I'm surprised neither of you. Or I'm surprised you haven't brought this up, Kevin. Uh, USC and Arizona State. It's our uh, first Pac-12 game of the year.
1: I did, I thought about it. I thought about it, but uh, I also. Have not done my due diligence and my homework on the uh, Pac-12 just yet, so I don't have a lot of talking points outside of fantasy football talking points.
0: So. <laughs> oh, I have no talking points whatsoever. I'm just happy. I'm somewhat happy the Pac-12 is back. Yeah, I mean we're going to
1: get Pac-12 after dark. It won't be a lot of Pac-12 after dark. It'll be. I think we have one game come on this week. That's going to be a, the late game. Uh, most of their games are starting really early for some reason. Have you got? You guys noticed that? Yeah, yeah. they're they're doing a lot of. Uh, 9 a.m. local yeah, time. It's, it's, a, it's a 9 a.m. kickoff, which is pretty wild, you know? I think which, I they mean, wanted... I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it because you know, it gives me more games to watch in that, that morning slate.
0: I mean, I know they're not having that many fans, but I think it was more of a precautionary uh, type deal. Trying to keep everybody from getting too drunk at 9 in the morning, huh? Yeah. But anyway, yeah, Pac-12's back. This is the first week of the season where every conference is playing, which is great, and so... Good for us. We we made it this far.
1: Hey, we got we got almost everybody back in the 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 swing of things, right? Who else is still out?
0: Uh, I think the only people, uh, well, no, the matching started tonight, so yeah, we're we we're officially them. back. We're, fast, yeah,
1: we're officially back. Well totally we yeah. we probably got a we probably got a couple teams here and there that have that that may not have made it back that that I'm not aware of, but, but yeah, I thought, they, that's what I thought. I thought we was I thought this was all all ten conferences back.
0: Yeah, pretty for the most part, yeah. And then last one, uh, Maryland and Penn State. is p- Can Penn State bounce back from two close losses? And is baby Tua for real? Can Maryland send Penn State to 0-3? All
2: right, J.D., what you got this week, man? Yeah, I uh, just wanted to highlight um, and talk well, we are more go, about... We are
1: going off on the Pac-12. That's what I'm oh, talking yeah. about. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, <go>. yeah. Fully loaded.
2: <laughs> I, I think I must have left only one game off maybe I know i left uh <laughs> i left u c l a Colorado off I'll say there's no way I'm talking about that as a, a talking about u c l a never ever oh, we're, we're we're a never u c l a show <laughs> No, that, we don't want to be that boring um, uh so I wanted to highlight uh some of the games um i'm usually it's my favorite conference i guess I just watch the most of it, it says I'm on the west coast and if i'm ever Ever able to make it to a game, it's usually a Pac 12 game. Um, so, Oregon versus Stanford. Um, I mean, I pull for Oregon. I'm interested to see what they look like this year without Herbert, but they also lose Marcus Arroyo, their offensive coordinator, and replace him with Joe Moorhead. And I think that was one of the possibly one of the bigger upgrades from a coaching position that you could make.
1: Yeah, Joe um, Moorhead's a great offensive coordinator.
2: Oh, I hope so. Hope yeah, so. i
1: i i i thought this was i thought it was going to be an awesome hire at Mississippi State just because of the kind of style of, of play that he has, and uh, you know it didn't work out. But there's not a lot of coaches that are going to work out at Mississippi State. But going to Oregon out there, yeah, i i think i i think that's about to be sweet, man. I think it's going to be a an awesome offense to watch.
2: Yeah, i think um i think it will fit well with the kind of team they have with a lot of play action, um and whatnot. I just kind of think it fits their personnel, I think it'll be a pretty easy switch. He'll basically run the offense they were running, except, you know, actually run it well and call good plays and actually not <laughs> waste a Justin Herbert. I wish we had him when we had Justin Herbert, but no oh, man, man.
1: So, speaking of Herbert, I know this is a college football podcast, so we're going to talk about his college days, but this kid is balling the hell out in the NFL right now, which makes me go back to the, the fact that Oregon had this kid, At Oregon, and I hated him at Oregon. I thought he was so overhyped at Oregon because he never looked like he—he didn't look anything close to the way he looks on the field now in the in the NFL. And so, what was the biggest hindrance for him last year, JD? I mean, what 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 was stopping him from letting it rip three hundred and four every single week?
2: Um. Quite simply, I think the biggest one, because there were a lot of factors. I've thought a lot about this because it doesn't make any sense to me either. But I think the biggest <laughs> one, um, they were just super conservative. Like, they'd have games. I went to the game against Stanford last year, and every single time they spread it out, they were, had a successful pass play. Like, every, you know, they had a few incompletions here and there. They were just ripping Stanford apart, and then they just get conservative. they get a 14-point lead, and they had such a good defense. They just, you know, pretty much stopped trying to score points. So I, I, I really do th- – think he could have had a lot more 300 400 yard games especially against some of these Pac-12 defenses they just weren't going for it it was one of those
1: things that it just seemed like everything was set up for him just to have an awesome year I mean there was talks talks about him being the number one overall pick and you know had Burrow not exploded the way he did maybe he would have been but uh he's definitely looking number one overall pick worthy at the next level for sure
2: so all right um I won't spend time on this uh we talked about Oregon a fair amount here but some other uh, Pac 12 games to highlight. We have Washington versus Cal, two of the better uh, second tier teams. Uh, maybe good defensively, um, but it'll be interesting to see who looks like a real contender, if any, in that matchup. And then Washington State versus Oregon State is our drunk Pac 12 after dark matchup. So hopefully we, we see something wild in that one. There we
1: go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, we got the breakdown bets of the week. We're going to go through three three bets ap- uh, piece that we really like. Uh, For our overall record so far this year, I'm working my way back to 500, baby. Uh, 10 and 12 and two, it was a rough start, but the past two weeks have been pretty nice for me. Jesse's still kicking ass at uh, 14 and seven, and JD is even money right now at uh, eight and eight. So my three bets this week is gonna be BYU minus three. uh, Just like just about every single week this season, I'm gonna keep going back to the well until they throw me out a couple times in a row. But I'm gonna go BYU minus three. Uh, Next up is Cincinnati minus 13 and a half. They're just kicking the shit out of people. I don't. I just don't see them slowing down at at this point. And th- they're gonna they're gonna have a down game eventually, but they're gonna have more up games than they are gonna have down games in the, in the conference that they're playing in. And then next up is Clemson minus five and a half. I I said it before uh, earlier in the show. I think they have. I think their defense comes out way more focused. They don't give up near as many chunk plays. Uh, I'm not really overly worried about Notre Dame's offense, so I think Clemson will cover. But I do think it's going to be one of those games that's a 7-10 to 10 point type of game. So uh, Clemson minus 5.5 for me. What do you got, Jesse?
0: Uh, my first one, Um praying that last weekend was just a fluke. I'm taking Michigan minus 3 again because... Because you I love d- heartbreak. I do. I am a very bad match, uh, <laughs> match assist, or however you say that. I, see, I can't even say nothing right now. I'm so heartbroken. Um. After that, we're gonna We're gonna get away from the maze and blue for a couple weeks, probably. Uh, after that, Oklahoma minus thirty-eight. They're playing Kansas. They should put up a hundred on this team. Spencer Rattler is fully here. He knows what he's doing now. We're good. And last, I'm taking Florida plus three. Honestly, I think they win. The, they win this game by at least four or five. Even though. Uh, Kyle Trask is uh, still trash. It's uh it's the Kyle Pitts show. Nobody on that Georgia defense is going to stop him. Uh, was it Kadarius Tony? Nobody's going to stop him. They're going to be throwing all over Georgia's defense this weekend.
1: I think so. I think I agree with you on there. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm more worried about Georgia's offense than, uh, than I am about Florida's defense.
2: <clears throat> what do you got, JD? Um, I was with you on BYU. I took their uh, team total over 30 and 30 and a half points against Boise State. Um, it might look weird because they're playing Boise State at Boise State. That's usually a very, very difficult place to play. But um, I mean, Boise hasn't really looked very good to me. I saw some of their last game, their defense looks unchar- uncharacteristically bad. And we all know BYU has a good offense. So Sure, Absolutely. give me that. So, it's a Friday night. So for
1: so for the the novice folks out there, explain the team total to them.
2: Yeah. So that just means they have to score thirty point or thirty one points. So it's at over thirty and a half. That's just BYU. So we're not even that's counting just BYU, points. That's, it's just that. Okay. All
1: right. Yeah. All right. So in case anybody didn't know, it's just the points BYU is scoring. What do you got next, man?
2: Um, I took Memphis minus eighteen over uh, USF South Florida. I usually tried to fade South Florida whenever possible and uh, they have one of the, one of the worst offenses um, I've ever seen. I, I, that might be a little harsh, but it's awful. So you're telling me they can keep pace with a high-powered Memphis team? Nah. Um, this one is ugly. I'm plugging my nose on this one. I was just making fun of them. It's Colorado, <laughs> Colorado plus six and a half. All right, they're playing UCLA. Both of these teams stink, um, and it's at Colorado, which is a very difficult place to play. And you're giving them six and a half points. Um, I don't really see how I can't take that. I do want to point out, when I was looking up Colorado this year, they're deciding to start a guy who was playing safety last year. They're starting him as their quarterback. So I'm not sure how I feel about this one, but I'm doing it.
1: Wow, all right. I like it, man. Shooting from the hip. Oh, yeah. Alright, next up we got our hungry dog, which is a seven point plus underdog that, that we that we feel has a chance to win outright. Uh, <clears throat> we've had some pretty decent luck this year. Last week we didn't get any wins on it, but you know, this is this is where you sprinkle a little bit of a little cheddar cheese on the money line out there and, and hope you get a, a nice upset and get you a big return. So for me I'm gonna go South Carolina plus ten versus Texas A and M. That's a plus two seventy seven on the money line. Uh A and M is due. They have they have played shitty. Uh, almost all year long, but they're they're getting wins. You know they're beating teams, and they're they're due to have that you know garbage of a quarterback they have that is going to throw for 150 yards and three interceptions type of game. So uh, I'm definitely going to roll with South Carolina because I do think their offense is you know oddly good enough to be able to move the ball pretty good. So South Carolina plus 10 at a plus 277 on the money line. What do you got, JD? Or uh, excuse me, Jesse? Sorry. I this, know. One, this one's spicy. Spicy. I know I said
0: before the season started I would never bet on this team because they're terrible.
1: Spicy, but uh, going with Vanderbilt this week. Oh my goodness, I can't believe you said it out loud. I thought you'd change it last <laughs> second. I thought you were oh. just trolling. I mean,
0: we've been talking for the past month about how this air raid offense has been, and I mean Vanderbilt at plus nineteen, where the money line is plus seven hundred for you. It, it is. Begging for me to make this bet.
1: It's worth a fifty dollar bet. I mean, who knows? I mean, just put fifty on Vandy plus nineteen, and then you got your fifty on the money line, and you could you could be going to scissor tomorrow, baby. Yeah, it's
0: that's. I mean, if there's ever a game Vanderbilt will win, it would be against this Mississippi State team.
1: I don't. I don't. And the, the the crazy part about it is, I just. Yelled at you about how spicy was. I don't necessarily disagree with you. No, we. I mean, you know the value of the plus seven hundred. It kind of makes sense to to sprinkle a little bit on there because Mississippi State's fucking bad. They're not good. You know. No.
0: And but that, that that's just an, even if it was like plus three fifty. I would still take Vanderbilt at the money line because it's it just seems like one of those games they're going to win. All right, you taught me into it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to bet on it, and I'm going to I'm going to
1: send you a picture of it just so you know. Oh, I love that! If they a like game, par-
2: they can win on this schedule. They have this one circled, so they might just go all out to get this win while they have a chance.
1: <laughs> just lose the rest of them. They just cancel the rest of the season. We well, we got the one win. We're good. We're out. See you, boys. See you next year. <laughs> I
0: might even parlay this into a bet, into into a giant ticket. That's how confident I'm feeling.
1: I I I I, I like your confidence, man. You may have you may have just you know twisted my arm into it. All right, J.D.,
2: what you got, man? Um, yeah, I took uh, San Jose State. They're plus 9.5 against San Diego State, plus 275 on the money line. Um, I've tried – I just don't really understand. I think San, San Diego State's getting a little bit too much respect. I usually like this team. They're usually playing late, so I usually get to watch their games because pretty much nobody else is playing. Um yeah. But, like, I just don't really see why. I mean, San Jose State is 2-0, and and they have a good quarterback, and I actually think they're pretty well coached. So, I just don't really see why they'd be that big. So, might as well sprinkle and catch some late night action.
0: There you go.
1: There you go. And then maybe go to bed, wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning. That's I realized how much I missed the, the, the late games. I, I didn't realize how much I missed them until this week because BYU played Friday night, and – I fought it. I tried so hard to stay up and watch the game, and I couldn't. I couldn't do it. So I ended up waking up at like three o'clock in the morning to let our dog outside. And the first thing I did is my eyes opened up as I went straight to my phone and started checking the scores and stats. I just. I, I remember. I, I forgot how much I miss doing that and how much I love late night college football. All right. Next up, we have. Um, Oop, I got sidetracked. Hey, my show sheet went crazy there for a second. So what's your? Oh churches?
2: man, you guys are tripping. It's two of us.
1: All right. So our next segment here is our CFF rundown portion of the show. Uh, that's that's brought to you by ExpandTheBoxScore.com. It was created to fill major void in the college football landscape. Uh, expand the box score sifts through every game to gather, uh, gather and sort every statistic you could possibly want from targets down and distance metrics, put, uh, team play call and tendencies, fully customizable and sortable leaderboards, uh, detailed individual player profiles, and so much more. And for only fifteen dollars a year, you get full access with our code. The breakdown that's T H E B R K D W N. You receive ten percent off. So sign up today. All right, J uh, D. I'm gonna turn it over to
2: you, man. What you got? All right, we actually have some waiver-wire ads this week, Kevin, because Fantrax is it. finally back up. Fantrax is up. Um, so first guy, a quarterback uh, like Jaden Delora. He's a freshman for Washington State who actually just won that job, so he's available in a lot of leagues. Um, sorry, I'm recording this in the kitchen. And my dishwasher's going crazy <laughs> back there because <laughs> I've been forced in <laughs> the kitchen for tonight, so I'm not ripping a bong while I'm recording this, I swear. It's just... <laughs> It'd be way cooler um,
1: if you were,
2: though. That would be pretty cool. All I'm not that
1: all, cool. I, all, I could, all I could hear right then is after you said that was Matthew McConaughey in <laughs> Dazed and Confused. It'd be way cooler if you did. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, on that note.
1: <laughs> yeah, sorry. I got you sidetracked. Go, go to Greg Bell.
2: Uh, Yeah, Greg Bell, San Diego State. Um, you know, this is a team that usually can run the ball very well. They uh, had a couple off years, but I. Traditionally, this program tries to uh, establish the run, and he has 41 carries for 268 yards and two touchdowns through his first two games. I see that continuing. I uh, think he might be a Nebraska transfer, actually, because that name looks familiar. So I think he's a Power 5 talent playing down there. Um, And then also at running back Ramondre Stevenson at Oklahoma. If he is available, you have to get him. This guy was suspended. He was a bad boy, but he's back in the lineup and I think he's their best uh running back it looks yeah. like to me and in his very for first sure. game With, he got
1: without question they're, oh they're running their running game has struggled so far this year his first game back he's three touchdowns you know they're gonna they're gonna force feed him the ball
2: right away he was a monster right away so um so yeah I, I see more of that coming sounds like we both do um yeah, yeah for sure
1: they, they they've been they've really been missing that not necessarily a bell cow running back because, you know, Oklahoma is good enough to have several in their offenses set up in a way to where, where multiple guys can have big games. But they, they, they've had zero rushing ability around the goal line so far this year, which has really, really, really uh, cut short a lot of their drives. They've not been able to convert, uh, not been able to keep the offense on the field in a, in, a, in a couple different games. So I think having him on the field to convert those short third down plays, it's going to be a big time.
2: I think their offense works best because um, they really do need to have a successful running game um, to have their offense be where it usually is. And um, they've had some big physical backs in the past, man. Like, if they're just smashing you, running the ball, and they're also you know able to throw the ball 50 times for 500 yards, I mean, that just wears the defense down. So I, he's a big kid, and he can run you right over. So I like that. Um, at wide receiver uh another san jose state this is the san jose state special podcast um man, bailey I dig Gaylor. It. I dig it. yeah man let's go bailey <laughs> bailey Gaylor. uh this team is really spreading out they have nick starkel at quarterback uh transfer from i believe he was at texas a&m and arkansas he's been around the block um but now he's at san jose state and they really like to throw the ball and this guy Gaither, looks like his favorite target. Maybe he has 18 catches for 318 yards and one touchdown through two games.
1: Yeah, most most leagues that are playing right now, they're already going to have Trey Walker uh, rostered. A lot of leagues probably don't have Bailey Gaither rostered though. Um, that's a, that's another you know fun and gun air raid uh, system out there. They got Nick Starkle running or playing quarterback now. Uh, you know he's he was a big time recruit coming out of high school. He's got to He's got the, the talent to be able to especially to drop down from Texas A and M down into the group of five to really spread that ball around and they got they got plenty of opportunities to go around for two, maybe even three good wide receivers there.
2: Yep, absolutely. Um as far as the DFS plays of the week, uh some DraftKings prices here. Um I I usually don't point out the top guys, I point out the top um price prices on the slate the guys i think are too cheap so the quarterback i think is too cheap Um, max duggan for tcu i always wait until this guy gets cheap and for some reason he's always cheap when he's playing a bad defense i don't understand why they do this but his price (laughs) has dropped and he's playing texas tech and texas tech just gave up 62 points so i will take
1: his his rushing baseline just gives him such a high floor you know he's gonna—he's probably gonna have sixty or seventy rushing yards in this game by, him, by alone if if he doesn't have another one or two touchdowns to add to it. So great call, great call on Duggan here. I know firsthand having to watch uh, Duggan kick the shit out of a bad defense. So yeah, good call there.
2: He excels. It seems like to me, from what I've seen, he seems like he excels when he's playing a bad defense too, because he just takes off and runs, like you said.
1: Yeah, yeah. He um, just—he he lets him get down the field and takes off.
2: As far as a cheap running back I like, Mike Epstein for Illinois. Uh, this guy's dealt with a lot of injuries in his career, but uh, he's a top of the depth chart. He's splitting carries just a little bit, but he appears to be the top guy. Um, so reason I like him here, Kevin, he's going against uh, this Minnesota defense that just got ripped to shreds by Maryland and Michigan. So I think Epstein should be able to get in the end zone at 46. And what,
1: what was Maryland's running back's name? He had 200-plus yards this week in Funk, Jake Funk. Jake yeah, Funk. that's a that's a cool ass name. I, I was watching that game and thought, man, that's 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 a cool name. I, I would I'd be all about that. But yeah, and I I especially like your wide receiver pick here. So let's talk about your wide receiver guy.
2: Yeah, you know I'm gonna have to get some Pac-12 guys in my roster, and some of these guys are a little cheap since they haven't played. So there's all kinds of good options in this USC Arizona State game. Uh, but I think. The best price point this guy should be priced at least a thousand dollars above this he's at 6300 that's Amon Ra st brown the top wide receiver target for usc if you don't know by now usc's offense has just absolutely taken um, another step they're on another level than they were a few years ago under graham harrell keaton slovis is the best quarterback um, in the pac-12 and he returns pretty much all his top wide receiving options and almond raw st brown i expect to be the number one guy um, like he was – well, last year he was below uh, Pittman, but now Pittman's gone, and he should be the number one guy. So he's way too cheap for a team that could throw for 400 yards and four touchdowns, and yeah. nobody would be surprised if he was a big part of it.
1: All right, so I got a question for you here. I had a guy message me on Twitter the other day, and he was talking about uh, they were in the middle of their, their supplemental draft to add the Pac-12 players and all the MAC players, that kind of stuff. And he asked me – he his pick was coming up, and he asked me if – if I, if I like Max Borgie or uh, Amon Ross St. Brown more, all right? Mm-hmm. So PPR League, so you have the unknown in Borgie's new system and how they're going to play, how they're going to utilize the, the running back because hit, most of his value come from catching passes out of the backfield. You know, he was 800 receiving yards or something uh, last year, uh, a ton of catches, you know, did it for a couple years in a row. Now you got got uh, Rolovich going in there. Don't really know how he's going to utilize the running backs. Didn't really utilize the running back the, in, in a pass-catching way in Hawaii. But you have the, the known commodity of Amon Ross St. Brown, who may have a couple bad games here and there, but he's in, a, he's in an offense that, that produces, that kind of manufactures, manufactures yards for, for wide receivers with it being the air raid. So what's your thoughts right there with Max Borgant uh, compared to Amon Ross St. Brown for one of your top picks in a, in a supplemental draft? And, of yep. course, it all goes with team construction. So, don't, setting that to the side, if it was just the one player, where would you be at?
2: Yeah, that's actually a, a tougher question because, you know, usually I would like both of those guys. But I think i definitely lean towards Ross St. Brown. I'm glad you brought up Borgie has question marks. And usually I like him because he's, like, the safest guy ever. You know he's going to catch, like, nine passes and he's going to get a touchdown in that air raid offense. But now he's got a new scheme. We don't really know what to expect. But Ross St. Brown... Like, I know he's going to have a good year if he's healthy. Like, I'm sure he's going to have a good year. How could he not? With a great quarterback, Slovis is healthy, um, and with a great offense, um, I know he's going to have a good year. And I think this offense could, like, really, really explode if they play at the level uh, that they showed they could last year. So, I just think he could explode. And even if he doesn't explode, I think he's just as safe as Borgie. So, I'll take
1: him. I mean, I, th- I think he's super safe in-, in from a season-long standpoint, man. He's just – the floor has got to be just crazy high with just the amount of volume that's going to be – the amount of pass, passing volume that's going to be flown through that offense. Uh, yeah, so I, I ended up – you know, what he told me his roster construction and, you know, everybody that he had. And you could only play two running backs max, and he already had a couple good running backs. So we ended up uh, settling on uh, St. Brown. But it was tough. You know, I'm a, I'm a running back guy. I'm a, I'm a draft-heavy running back kind of guy and then find the uh, – the waiver wire gems throughout the year at wide receiver, but uh, but yeah, St. Brown seems like he is as close to a surefire thing as you could get this year. Yeah, I agree. Well, all right, that folks, that that does it for us. Make sure you give us a give us a five star review, subscribe, all that you know, yada yada yada. Uh, check us out at thebreakdownsports.com. Uh, if you got any questions for us, you can shoot me a question at uh, at, at hook 'em. You can uh, get a hold of Jesse at Uncle Jesse with three underscores, and you can get a hold of JD at Yonkers CFB. Uh, That does it for us this week. We'll see you next week. Uh, Go blue, I guess.